Hey, you're listening to episode 21 of the Urology Audio Guidelines Podcast, and I'm your host, Dr. Nick Serrano. In this episode, we'll be discussing the AUA guidelines for erectile dysfunction. Evaluation and Diagnosis 1. Men presenting with symptoms of ED should undergo a thorough medical, sexual, and psychosocial history, a physical examination, and selective laboratory testing. 2. For the man with ED, validated questionnaires are recommended to assess the severity of ED, to measure treatment effectiveness, and to guide future management. 3. Men should be counseled that ED is a risk marker for underlying cardiovascular disease and other health conditions that may warrant evaluation and treatment. 4. In men with ED, morning serum total testosterone levels should be measured. 5. For some men with ED, specialized testing and evaluation may be necessary to guide treatment. Treatment. 6. For men being treated for ED, Referral to a mental health professional should be considered to promote treatment adherence, reduce performance anxiety, and integrate treatments into a sexual relationship. 7. Clinicians should counsel men with ED who have comorbidities known to negatively affect erectile function that lifestyle modifications, including changes in diet and increased physical activity, improve overall health and may improve erectile function. 8. Men with ED should be informed regarding the treatment option of an FDA-approved oral phosphodiesterase type 5 inhibitor, or PDE5I, including discussion and benefits and risks and burdens, unless contraindicated. 9. When men are prescribed an oral PDE5 inhibitor for the treatment of ED, instructions should be provided to maximize benefit and efficacy. 10. For men who are prescribed PDE5 inhibitors, the dose should be titrated to provide optimal efficacy. 11. Men who desire preservation of erectile function after treatment for prostate cancer by radical prostatectomy or radiotherapy should be informed that early use of PDE5 inhibitor post-treatment may not improve spontaneous, unassisted erectile function. 12. Men with ED and testosterone deficiency who are considering ED treatment with a PDE5 inhibitor should be informed that a PDE5 inhibitor may be more effective if combined with testosterone therapy. 13. Men with ED should be informed regarding the treatment option of vacuum erection device, including discussion of benefits and risks slash burdens. 14. Men with ED should be informed regarding the treatment option of intraurethral alprostadil, including discussion of benefits and risks slash burdens. 15. For men with ED who are considering the use of intraurethral alprostadil, an in-office test should be performed. 16. Men with ED should be informed regarding the treatment option of intracavernosal injections, including discussion of benefits and risks and burdens. 17. For men with ED who are considering intracavernosal injection therapy, an in-office injection test should be performed. 18. Men with ED should be informed regarding the treatment option of penile prosthesis implantation, 
including discussion of benefits and risks and burdens. 19. Men with ED who have decided on penile implantation surgery should be counseled regarding post-operative expectations. 20. Penile prosthetic surgery should not be performed in the presence of systemic, cutaneous, or urinary tract infection. 21. For young men with ED and focal pelvic slash penile arterial occlusion and without documented generalized vascular disease or veno-occlusive dysfunction, penile arterial reconstruction may be considered. 22. For men with ED, penile venous surgery is not recommended. 23. For men with ED, low-intensity extracorporeal shockwave therapy should be considered investigational. 24. For men with ED, intracavernosal stem cell therapy should be considered investigational. 25. For men with ED, platelet-rich plasma therapy should be considered experimental. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time.